Hey everybody, uh, it's Friday, I guess it's Friday, I think it's Friday, I think it's the 18th, or no, it's 17th, sorry, my, 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 uh, my bad, um, they starting to run together, we're harvesting, also, uh, for those of you that don't follow me on Facebook, or maybe haven't looked on Facebook, I posted a video up there, um, just letting everybody know, um, I was put in to the Illinois State University College of Applied Science and Technology Hall of Fame last night. I guess I've been around long enough and done enough stuff that, uh, um, I, 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 and I tell you what, some of the other inductees were younger than I were, and, um, one was older, um, but, um, I mean, to be, to be in with a group and to be considered with them, that's a, that's a big honor to me. Um, I will say this much. I really got to thank Rob Reichert, who he's the, he still teaches some classes there, but he was the, he was the chair of the ag department at Illinois State University. Um, but after doing it for quite a while and, and Rob and I, I was president of the Ag Alumni Association uh, a couple times. And uh, Rob and I went through the 100th anniversary celebration of the Department of Ag at Illinois State University. And I guess to just tell you a little bit about the Illinois State Ag Department, we got a very active agriculture alumni. And and I'm not, not sure it's uh, everybody's goal at the college and the university and everything, but I know that a lot of the alumni, our goal is to make it the best non-land grant agricultural department in the nation. I mean, set your goals high and try to go for them. Uh, got a lot of great students that have come out of there, a lot of people that have uh, worked and, and shared a lot of things and went on with a lot of great success. Um, but yeah, I was honored last night to be put into the, the Hall of Fame of the College of Applied Science and Technology. And it, it it was it was a nice event. Uh, Judy and the boys stayed home and farmed. Um, I'm just watching a semi guy slide down the road and and smoke the tires as he slid into his turn on the blacktop. That was interesting. Um, I, hey, no no offense to semi drivers, but you know you, you know how to turn a road scholar into an idiot. And that's put them behind the wheel of a semi. And I'm a semi driver, by the way. I, I got my CDL. I've got my uh, health papers. I, you know, do the drug testing thing. I'm, I'm all there. So I'm right with you. Um, and and I've, I've gotten myself into some situations with a semi, and I'm wondering how in the world did I do this. But oh well. I did. Got out of them. I'm still here. Still alive today. Uh, no problems. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, the, 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 and if you've got a young student here in the Midwest and, you know, they're, they're wanting a little more one-on-one where you're actually going to be taught in your class by professors, not TAs, um, where you're going to get more hands-on learning. we got a really big farm at Lexington. It used to be the uh, F.S. Gromark Research Farm, uh, but uh, the Illinois State University has it now, and... Uh, that does some premier swine research there just for the simple fact they got the building set up to do it. And uh, it's just, it's a good hands-on learning experience. Um, got to teach a couple classes yesterday or class yesterday. Um, 
in, in it's, well, I say a couple, they, they, they record these classes, they, they post them up there. Uh, man, I wish I had that when I went to school because I always had to find a really good note taker. And that way, if I didn't make class, I knew who to go talk to because they would not only they would not only let you copy their notes, they can tell you what went on in class, and that worked really well. But on the other hand, um, you know, nowadays they zoom them and they record them. Uh, and Rob Reichert's got a skills class, and that's the class that I spoke to, and that skills class is a, a really a neat class that teaches kids how to do their resumes, how to do interviews, uh, a lot of life skills, bring a lot of outside speakers in, uh, talk about different things. And, of course, you know, my experience in the federal government, you know, mo- most most major companies now on the resume, less is more. You know, they want one, two pages max, you know, highlights, hit it, here you go. Well, if you're applying for a job with the federal government, you want the kitchen sink, you want the microwave, you want the convection oven, you want the refrigerator, you want the freezer off the pantry, you want the table and the chairs. Uh, and that's that's just the way those are done. They're, they're, they're rated down in Kansas City, and you want to put everything and anything that's remotely, uh, remotely related to whatever question they're asking that you've ever done or experienced or been close to. Uh, you want to put that down. Um, it was a nice night last night. Um, uh, beautiful setting. We were we were up in the the new section of, of the Horton Field House on the east side, the the kind of stadium club area. Nice nice room. Um, in, enjoyed going back. Um, but I can tell you, university life. I mean, you know, I I got out of there in 1981, and that was a whole world away indifference as to what's happening and what's going on and, and, and how it's happening. And there's a there's a fair number of buildings that were there when I was there that aren't there anymore and a fair number of them that have been remodeled where you don't kind of really know what's going on. And, you know, and, and the student housing that they have now, a um, lot better than the student housing that we had back when I was going there. Not complaining, just it's different. Uh, so... I, I'm now in a Hall of Fame. That's that's interesting. That's um, not something that I had ever put on a bucket list, by the way. And I'm not knocking it. I, I appreciate it. Um, and and if you want to, if you follow me on Facebook, you can go look at the video and you can see that. Uh, couple couple comments here before we end on some ag stuff. If you're a corn farmer and you're in the Midwest, check your stock quality. Uh, we, we got, we got some corn plants that, that are completely green. Um, the, the year's drying, it's testing like 26%. So it's drying down the way it should be. It had fungicide sprayed on it, but I'm really worried and concerned about the stock quality because there's all kinds of diseases out there and there's all kinds of stuff going on it. And, and the one interesting thing I see with the combine is we have a lot of brownish red, what I would call rust dust. You know how you get that rust when you're combining wheat? Well, that's the one thing that we got on the combine. And we norm- Normally you have that, what I call that uh, darker, uh, blacker dust that gets on there. But this is a reddish brown dust. It's just been a weird year. 
Um, can't complain on the yields though so far. We've been getting good yields, but I think we're sitting in an area that's going to get good yields. Uh, talking to other people around, uh, too much water and uh, quote unquote disappointment. Talking to a guy out of Indiana uh, that got hit with that late dry weather, thought the corn was going to make 220, it went 194. Not a big down, but it's still, you know, that's uh, 10%. A little over 10%. And uh, it's just going to be interesting one. And I'm not sure USDA will pick up on this in the October report. It may, We may have to wait till November or possibly January. But that'd probably be right. They'll probably make a big adjustment in January. We'll have big fireworks. It'll make the farmers in Brazil a bunch of money, not make the farmers in, in the United States as much money because we'll have sold some of that crop by then. Uh, I don't think anybody at USDA figured figured that one out yet. But that's kind of how that works. Um, and the, the, the other thing, that, that, and I'm going to do a full-blown podcast on this. Um, this corn's going to have to rally to get people to plant corn, especially corn on corn. If you're wanting to maintain those, those corn acres, and here in, here in out of Brazil, that there's a good possibility they're going to plant Beans on beans. They're going to double crop beans down there with beans. Uh, because after the quote-unquote disaster they had this last year with second crop corn, uh, some of them are talking about going back to soybeans instead of corn. And plus your input costs are so expensive, especially fertilizer. And so there's a point that if corn's going to hold on to the acres that corn wants to hold on to, and I can tell you that you, you could grow beans on beans in the, in the Midwest. A lot, a lot of guys in Southern Illinois are growing soybeans after soybeans. Uh, you can do that, uh, and you get you get these expenses too high, and these larger operations, these banks are going to get antsy about the amount of money they're going to have to loan these guys and gals to to put a crop in. And you know, and 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 there's some people too that you know the banks like will extend you. You know, a million dollars, a million and a half. I mean, that's it. And, and the banks run into lending limits and, and even farm credit that, quote unquote, really doesn't have a lending limit. They still, you know, you, want, you only want to get so much money into a certain operation, depending on the amount of equity. And, you know, especially operations that don't own a lot of ground, that do a lot of renting a ground. Uh, now, I, I get it. They got crop insurance. Crop insurance is a good guarantee. But you got to remember, I, I always said this: eighty-five percent of a thousand bucks is eight hundred fifty dollars. That's a lot of insurance, but that's one hundred fifty dollars not not insured. Whereas if you're only grossing five hundred bucks an acre, uh, the uncovered eighty-five percent is only seventy-five dollars an acre. Uh, the quote-unquote outside equity outside of the crop that you're growing can determine the difference in, in how much money some of these operations will end up getting. And you, you're going to have to run this corn price up to hold on to these corn acres. And it appears to me we're probably going to have to hold on to corn acres. And I think by the time we end up with the yields all the way across the board, talking to a guy this morning that I think knows a lot, um, probably going to, at the end of the day, end up with a 1.1 carryover instead of a 1.3, 1.4, 1.5. Of course, that's the difference between four fifty corn and six dollar corn. Um, and I'm not making a prediction of price. I'm just saying if those were where we're at, and and if the carryover was down there at one one, 
uh, and if the Brazilians aren't real interested in planting as much corn as they had before, uh, we're going to have to do it here, and they're going to have to run this price up to talk people into to convince people to doing it, convince the bankers to let people do it. Well, hey, with that, chew on that for a little bit. Watch your stock quality in your corn, and yeah, you're talking to a Hall of Famer now. And I really appreciate the everything Illinois State University, everything the College of Applied Science and Technology, everything the Ag Department, everything the Agricultural Alumni Association has done for me. It's been wonderful. Well, to the smartest audience in agriculture, thanks for listening.